Hello, welcome to Earn Source. Well, my name is Elvis, and as always, I'm your host. All right, so before anything else, I do want to mention Kentaro Miura, the creator and kind of like heart and mastermind behind the magnificent and ever-inspiring manga known as Berserk, who passed away on May 6th and whose death was only just announced this week. It's a tragic and shocking passing only in his mid-50s and so much talent and so much uh, legacy that has been kind of left behind here like an unending and ever-growing amount of influence and inspiration that Berserk has laid for the creative community and just put in perspective like mid-50s is way before like Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings and we've already had something of that kind of like like foundational caliber and it's no understatement to say that this is a loss that will be felt like forever probably because I think one of the biggest news items about his passing that's come out is a humanitarian he was even as an employer apparently a lot of his apprentices and a lot of the manga artists and people who worked who worked under him at Berserk were able to get wages and pay that were basically full-time wages and pay to the point where they were able to create a life and you know sustain a life and family on those wages and that's something you don't really hear about that often on either side of the ocean so that's incredible as for berserk um well it will remain unfinished i think that for a lot of readers it will always have well the impact that doesn't lessen impact at all of this series and of the amazing characters and themes and just incredible incredible creativity on display always be as potent as they you know have ever been and will remain so so a rest in peace to miura and hopefully his family and loved ones get some closure in these trying times anyway let's move on to some other news topics the biggest of which apparently is that hbo max is doing some new dc comics cartoons the first of which is batman kit crusader which is oddly enough looking to be a very golden age inspired batman cartoon the whole long years kind of thing who knows if it's going to be you know full-on purple glove with gun toting probably not but that would be pretty awesome isn't it just to think about and the next one is superman up and away now retitled my adventures of superman which is going to be about clark kent lois lane jimmy olsen and their like day-to-day lives and travails of the daily planet while dealing with the superman antics and heroics and adventures uh, which you know, looks fun uh, it has the head writer of Shira and Camp Cretaceous, and I love those shows. Camp Cretaceous, a little bit less so. It's kind of hampered by having to play by the rules of a kids' cartoon a little bit too much for a Jurassic World cartoon. But the thirty percent of times when it's able to like really let loose are always really fun. So fingers crossed. So kudos to these for getting greenlit, and let's see where they head up to. Now let's move on to what I read this week. The first of which is The Flash number 770, which is one of the best issues of this Infinite Frontier of Flash run. I've been reading it. I've mentioned I've been reading it. This is probably the first time I've read a Flash comic run and actually have been excited month to month. It is it is amazing to me because I have lived like the last decade not having a Flash run that I actually gave a shit about or felt like it gave a shit about the character. Uh, but this one 
even though, like I mentioned before, it feels like a huge riff on something like Chain Lightning, is still just incredibly entertaining. I think this writer understands a lot of the basics and in terms of what makes The Flash a unique character and what makes it such a joy to read it. It has a lot of great humanitarian, like humane moments, but it's still unceasingly inventive. And I love that. I love that a lot. It makes it such uh, just a joy to like dip in page by page. And the page construction and sort of compression of this series gives each issue life. I don't feel cheaped out. I feel like I'm reading substantial story month for month. And that is just something that I can't say about a lot of comics. I am... I'm just overjoyed by this. It, it's it's a fun fun read. It's it's not something where it's trying to reinvent the wheel and failing like so many other recent Flash runs have. It's it's just going back to basics. It's doing what works, and even if doing what works might feel a little tired and run out to some something that we haven't seen in a long time, and maybe you know a factory reset isn't all that bad. Overall, two thumbs up. And I do I have to mention it. This is the Jay Garrick issue, and that's probably like the biggest litmus test for any Flash run. Can they write Jay Garrick? And yes, this guy can. Give this guy a JSA run immediately. Alright, like I said, two thumbs up. I can't wait for more. I honestly can't wait for more. Next up, we have Way of X number two. And this is probably the issue that cements this as a Sperrier book. The first issue was pretty standard it had a lot of barrier quirks to it but not a lot of his hallmarks but this issue really helps set the tone and set the stage for a lot of Sperrier's more notable traits in his writing like these really scathing and cynical observations about society and just really funny really darkly humorous and just hearty character dynamics and it all works it, it, the art by I think Bob Quinn helps give this an entirely faithful uh, personality and versatility. It's it's just so um, easygoing while also, you know, being really dark and existentially dreadful. There's, there's a lot at play here with Spurrier really honing in on just how horrifying Krakoa is to, like, morality and and the living soul. And it's, it's wonderful. It really is. It's, it makes for... A series that I want to see really flourish because there's a lot being said here and it would be a shame to get this wrangled too much in events or have to be cancelled and then not be able to fulfill its potential as something that's really saying something powerful and saying something just with a lot of like uh, meaning behind it set against this entire new status quo and I think that's a really spurrier thing to do especially with how he's playing with the characters and he's playing with the lore here uh, to make his point, I mean, there's this hard thing with like the new Sentinel is is not like a physical force per se, at least right now, but an emotional force that is kind of been infecting the minds of Krakoan society and just kind of driving them toward uh, dissolution and the degeneracy in terms of like internal morality. And I think that's it's a really heady thing, but it's also a really spurrier thing to do. And I love it. I love it a lot. Uh, there's a big twist at the end of this that sets the narrative stage. And I see a lot of X fans really excited about it. And they should be. It, it seems like something that is going to have major ramifications if it can stick the landing. And you know what? Sparrier has 50-50 like, batting rate for that. So fingers crossed. 
overall one thumb up one thumb slightly askew there are still some dips into kind of just generic areas of tone and character but overall it was a nice surprise and lastly at least for the regular marvel stuff we have the immortal hulk special one shot time of monsters it's an odd book but i really enjoy it it's it's hard to place it in terms of like where in the story this is meant to fit. It's co-written by Al Ewing, so I'm wondering like how that plays into things. Uh, but it tells the story of the first Hulk. It's basically an origin story for gamma radiation on Earth, and you know what? It's it's it feels like an Elseworlds. I think I mean that in the best way possible because it it has so much in common with like the regular Hulk mythos, even though it's meant to be set against that in the past. So you, you have a caveman saying milksop. Like, what is that about? It's weird when, you know, you have a direct counterparts and homages when they're meant to be like past figures. Like, it feels like an Elseworld, but it feels like a good Elseworld where there's less restrictions on like the characters and the story because it goes in same places. You get like this ultra proto professor hulk who can't even speak and gets completely cannibalized by his tribe and that is horrifying the design of the caveman hulk is incredible what the caveman hulk does when he decides to actually smash is is just so insanely disturbing and wonderfully rendered that i i just love this issue for being what it is it doesn't even end with a tie-in to like what we know about gamma what we know about the one below all or what we know about like the one below all's plans but i think it's just enjoyable on its own terms like i would hope this has something to do with like the last four issues of this run like we're in the end game now but if it doesn't then you know what it's still an enjoyable read like it's way more enjoyable than anything jason aaron did with like the avengers 4000 bc or any kind of shit like that it's it's a genuine like kind of interpretation of the hulk that maybe could have existed way back in prehistory so i i really dug it and i would honestly want to read more about this hulk i need to know what, what more is going on there i you know what sign me up yeah i hope that like if anything the gamma flight miniseries touches upon this because it's something that's worth exploring more and i'm not quite sure if the last four issues are going to do that but if they do then hell yes overall two thumbs up there's even a backup by an entirely different creative team that's just like this funny little side adventure for uh, devil hulk and you know what? it's fun it's, it's nice little coda button on his his role in the story and just what he used to do in the beginning of the series like very twilight zony uh, ironic horror going on so really love that that was fun two thumbs up and lastly we have Fantastic Four Life Story by Mark Russell, which is just a weird book to have around at any point because didn't we just do something like this with Fantastic Four Grand Design by Tom Scioli? I mean, what is the purpose of this book? That said, it's also still weird because this book makes a lot of odd changes to the background of Fantastic Four that didn't need to happen. Like, apparently, Ben Grimm and Reed Richards never knew each other before the flight. Like, what's the purpose of that? 
you know, it makes no sense. Like, apparently Ben Grimm, this 30-year-old man, was friends with, like, an 18-year-old Johnny Storm. And it never explained. They even call it, how do you know Ben Grimm? 18-year-old Johnny Storm, he's like, he just shrugs. So what's the purpose of making that change, Mark Russell? That said, it is an incredible premise to put the Fantastic Four against. Like, I'm going to say premise. I know I read the first issue, but the premise itself is more interesting than anything happens in the issue. And the issue itself is kind of all set up for the premise. And that is, we have this standard Fantastic Four origin story that is then intruded upon by Galactus as this cosmic horror story, as this existential horror story where there is this giant unknowable thing that not even Reed can comprehend that he has to contend with. It feels almost Lovecraftian if we didn't, you know, see Galactus as like this normal guy with like a purple helmet. You know, like if they had kept that more in the shadows, this could be this really kind of dread inducing issue. And it still is, especially in the moments that are more silent, more quiet, and allow the kind of tension that Reed is feeling about the uselessness that he brings to the table and how he's kind of like fucked over Earth through his experiments, like that, how that sets in and it, it's palpable and it's it's tangible to the reader. And it is something that I love seeing in comics. I love seeing when a hero is, you know, pretty much at the greatest odds where you have to contend against something that is way beyond, you know, your understanding, way beyond any kind of skill set, way beyond any kind of nominal function that you can really do. I love seeing when a superhero is put against those stakes. So having to see like Reed Richards, who is to, might be like a super scientist, but he's still like a rational kind of person, having to like wrap his head around a cosmic ideal, just like a foundational factor of how the universe works and not understanding it and not knowing what to do about it, if he can do anything about it, is... um. It's some powerful stuff. It's a powerful premise. I really hope it follows through on that. I really hope it pays off. That maybe there's something more or less inconsequential about the things we do. And how do we deal with that? And yeah, I, also, I don't think that Galactus is going to eat the Earth at the end of this. I don't think Reed's going to fail. But I think that it'll be more interesting to see how this works on a character level. As he comes up with ways to maybe actually, you know, save the day so fingers crossed that it actually does an entirely different thing i love everything else about it i love how it recontextualizes issues like this man this monster and basically just brings the emotional powerhouse of that story to the forefront um and allows it to breathe and that's an issue that definitely deserves that kind of treatment to be retold it's a classic story for a reason so overall uh two thumbs up but that's only on the basis of what it you know, really does well and what the promise of the future issues should be. Anyway, yeah, so that's it for this week. I didn't watch anything. Nothing's been out. But tomorrow, as of this recording, Army of the Dead will be out. So I guess I'll review that both for uh, hopefully the next episode of Comics Code Authority, which I will link down below, and also next week's episode of Unsourceful Radio. So fingers crossed that that's good. <laughs> I can't stand to see another bad Zack Snyder movie. I want to give a shout out to everyone out there who's still listening. Um, it means so much to me. Thank you so much. I want to give a shout out to the cover artist for the show at D-O-T-E-M-C-E. Please shout them out. They really deserve it. Give them all the love that you can. Have a great one. See you again next time. And yeah, stay safe out there.